This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to John Johnson. Seriously? Is that his name? Really? I don't even know who the hell you are. No kidding? Come on, nobody's name is John Johnson. Give me a break. You know who's a man? I'm a man. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. WIP, John Johnson with you on this miserable, rainy, wet, somewhat cold Sunday afternoon in the Delaware Valley. But guess what? It is a huge day, of course. But unfortunately, it doesn't really feel like it, does it? You know, whenever the Eagles face the Cowboys, regardless of what week in the regular season it is and or playoffs, there's always a massive buildup. With a lot of hatred thrown in, the memories, the good, the bad, the favorite game, the worst experience, the best experience, the history of the rivalry. But this week, you'd think the Eagles were facing the Jets again. It's been horrible. There has been, I don't want to say no buzz, because I feel like it's forced, because you know that you know who you're facing. And you know what's at stake. It's a battle for first place. In week seven, you're halfway through the season, and it's a battle for first. Yet there's no buzz at all. And I think I know why. And no, it's not because, and I've heard this thrown around a lot, that because there is now a percentage of fans, uh, you know, of a certain age or younger, who don't fully grasp how big a rivalry this is or once was. They don't feel it the same way as, say, older generations or a certain age or or beyond. I completely disagree with that. I think that's nonsense. If you are an Eagles fan your entire life, you know the history of it. You know how pumped up those around you get for a game such as this against this type of opponent, the most evil of evils, the Dallas Cowboys. No, it's not because the New York Giants are geographically closer. No, it's not why. Correct me if I'm wrong here. When you put aside all the rah, rah, Eagles are going to crush everybody. I'm wearing blinders all the time and don't speak with logic. When the logical side takes over, if you're an Eagles fan, you're not all that excited about tonight because you could be expecting them to lose. Now, we always look forward to an Eagles game day. Don't get me wrong. I'm not suggesting "Eh, Eagles are on whatever. Maybe I'll watch some of it and channel surf for part of it. No, no, no. You're going to watch the game all 60 minutes, all four quarters, some of the pre, some of the posts. Don't get me. I'm not suggesting that at all. But if I'm being perfectly honest with you, I think I feel the same way. It's a horrible feeling. You know, There is no franchise that I have hated more throughout the course of my life than the Dallas Cowboys. But I... Having said that, I'm very meh about tonight. 
Am I right to feel this way? I know I'm not alone in this because listening to this very station, the flagship station of the Philadelphia Eagles, WIP has been around forever. It's been very meh. It's the Eagles have a game. Of course, we're going to talk about it and break it down and we want them to win. But when it comes to Dallas, it's always been of a different magnitude. And there's little to nothing going into tonight. And it's so disappointing. And I, th- and I believe the reason why is because a bulk of the fan base honestly feels like I don't want to talk about it because I think they're going to lose tonight. Now, the Cowboys have lost three in a row. They, they, started, out, they started out 3-0 and then dropped their last three, most recently to the Jets. And there's nothing more embarrassing than losing to the Jets. I mean, you might as well lose to, you know, mannequins on roller skates. They have no respect for their head coach. But having said all that, if you're an Eagles fan, you know what you're shorthanded here, and you know what has gone on thus far this season that gives you every reason to say, boy, I, of course I want them to win, but so much of logic points to them potentially not winning this game. Yeah, they're without Deshaun Jackson once again. That's, I mean, they don't want to say the words sports hernia. That's what he's got. He's got a sports hernia. And unfortunately, it takes much longer to, I don't want to say to heal, but you're always erring on the side of caution with that. Because if you can give it one more week, two more weeks, three more weeks, versus, oh, he feels all right, let's throw him back out there. And he comes back too early, and all it takes is one sprint, one twist, one turn the wrong way. And just like that, he's out for the season. So I, it's it's unfortunate, but that's what he's got. He's got a sports hernia. Nigel Bradham's not playing. You just cut one linebacker, and now you don't have another. Andre Dillard is going to make his first career start protecting Carson Wentz's blind side against, and I don't like giving Dallas credit by any means, but a handful of their pass rushers are very good at what they do. And that gives me a bit of anxiety because you know what can happen. The offense this season has been unpredictable, and by unpredictable, I mean almost predictable. Not having Deshaun makes a huge difference for this team, which is ridiculous to say out loud, to say that one player makes all the difference. But it certainly speaks to the rest of the team and, to an extent, the coaching. One thing I've heard a lot this week is that this is the biggest game of Carson Wentz's career to date. Yeah, no kidding, because it's the latest game of his career. It's week seven of the regular season. It's not the biggest of his career. It's a very big game, don't get me wrong, and he will be judged accordingly when you have your franchise quarterback making this kind of money. Each and every game he's expected to hit a certain criteria. But I will say this. When I've, when I've heard a lot of criticism saying he's, just, he's overrated, there's too much talked about, you know, about how good he is and it's on everybody, it's, it's, there, here's an issue that I found, which you don't get to see on TV when you're watching a game live, when you see him taking forever in the pocket and scrambling and either taking a hit or... Uh, forcing something, you're saying, well, wow, Carson, that's on you. If you get a chance to find, and they're easy, you can easily find them. The NFL posts them all the time. Uh, the wider angle, where you get to see the whole field, where you see every player on a given play, you will find that on a vast majority of passing downs, 
There's nobody open. There is simply nobody even remotely open. And now, when you have a franchise quarterback and he's making and he's now signed to this very lucrative deal, this is where you say, yeah, I don't care. You're getting paid this money. You've got to find a way to make it happen. You can't say, well, nobody was open. No, no, no. You're getting paid accordingly for that. And for that, Carson gets some of the blame. But to the extent where I, I've heard, oh, he's, he's really he's run of the mill at this point. It, it's ridiculous. What the hell are you even talking about? You know who I do hold accountable, though? Howie Roseman. <gasps> oh, are we not allowed to criticize Howie Roseman anymore? Is that how this works? You can't can't criticize Howie? You can be totally appreciative and forever indebted to Howie for 2017. But I got news for you, and nobody seems to want to admit this. A bulk of the roster decisions he has made since that point in time have not been good. I don't want to say they've all been bad, but a lot of them haven't been any good. I mean, let's, for example, we'll just go by this year's team alone. The 2019 squad. To this point, we're entering game number seven. But we can be critical to an extent. I mean, he's the general manager. He's supposed to have the long view and the short view together. I'm not going to criticize him for Deshaun Jackson being hurt. No. Why is Nelson Aguilar here making $9 million? Why? He's not your first option. He's not your second option. He's barely your third option. Due to injuries, he's forced to go up the pecking order. Why is he here making $9 million? Why is Darren Sproles here? We love Darren Sproles. Why is he here? He's taking up a roster spot at this point. He's at that point now where he can't stay healthy. Jason Peters. We all thought two years ago that was it. Last year, we thought it was it. Lo and behold, shocking, he's hurt again. Talk to me about those great draft picks and how they're producing. Now, this has become, and I will say nothing about this year's class, the 2019 class, although I, J.J. Ortega or Sega Whiteside should be somewhat productive, and he can't even get beyond Mac Hollins in the pecking order. And Mac Hollins is average at best. No, no, no. I, I'm giving him credit. He's not average. He's below average. And he can't get above him in the pecking order. But I, you look at the Howie's draft since that point in time, at, at, at what point? Can we be highly critical of Derek Barnett's success or lack thereof? I got to give Ruben Frank a ton of credit. One of the biggest busts in Eagles draft history, Mike Mamula. Through the same amount of games in their NFL careers, Mamula has more sacks than Derek Barnett does. That's terrifying. Sidney Jones. This was the Sixers approach long view with an NFL cornerback. Yeah, how's that working out so far? You know, this is very disturbing. The, your draft is your lifeblood. That's how you, I, I, one thing I'll always give the Green Bay Packers credit for. That organization has been so good at drafting players for many, many, many years. And that's how Green Bay will disappear for a season or two, and then boom, they're right back at it. This is a big problem. And I, a lot of the story in the early goings of this week was about Jalen uh, uh, Ramsey and how he went to the Rams for two first round picks and criticizing or one way or the other, criticizing Howie for not matching that or going above it because of the, the need that they have in the secondary, having the worst in the NFL or how you're a general manager. You can't risk two first round picks for one guy. You're going to have to pay the most in the NFL too after this season. 
Now, here's where something that everybody forgets. And this is where I'm going to side with those that you should have given up the draft picks. I get it. Draft picks, I just spoke of their importance, even though Howie's track record uh, hasn't been particularly great. Far too many people compare the NFL to the NBA, to Major League Baseball, to the NHL, and it's stupid to do that. And I'll tell you why. We, the contract structures, the CBAs, are way different. In the NFL, a big mistake so many franchises make is after they win a Super Bowl, going with the long view. No, this is your window. You capitalize on it right now, no matter what it takes. This is your opportunity to not win, to win more than one Lombardi. And you'll hear the juxtaposed argument, well, yeah, but then you're hurting yourself for years to come. How many Super Bowls did the Eagles have again? Remind me again how many they have. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is a, a huge mistake many franchises make, and unless you have Brady and Belichick, you have to seize that opportunity at all costs. Look when Chip Kelly left here. It was absolutely, it was ruins. They turned it around in two years and won a Super Bowl. Oh, that can't happen again? That's, you can't turn around a franchise in two to three seasons in the NFL? It's not like the other leagues where contracts are guaranteed. They're there forever. It's so easy to push salary cap down the road in the NFL. And that's what makes a great general manager, the ability to manipulate that cap, which Howie's been really good at, to shame identifying talent they've certainly lacked. This bothers me. And then leading in tonight, the conversation that was, oh, we'll get Jalen Mills back. Hold on here. Hold on a minute. Is Jalen Mills Jalen Ramsey all of a sudden? Is he Deion Sanders all of a sudden? May I remind you, he hasn't played in a year. You think he's going to be great in his first game back? It's going to take time. It's not going to happen over in one game. He was never great to begin with. He was good. He was never great. And I'm not sure Ronald Darby being back is actually a good thing either. You know, I, it's there are so many things that have kind of bugged me leading into this game. And, of course, I'm rooting for the Eagles. I'm just A lot of stuff has happened this week, and a lot of stuff has come to light. The anonymous source yet again for the second consecutive season. It happens in all locker rooms. I can tell you that right now. In the past, I've heard it happen with, within the Sixers locker room. I've heard it happen within the Flyers locker I've heard it happen in the Phillies clubhouse. These kind of things happen. For it happen, happen to happen in two consecutive seasons, that's a little disturbing. That's something you should be a little alarmed over. Hopefully it pans out to be nothing, but the fact that the head coach and quarterback have had to talk about it uh, certainly tells you they are they are wondering who it could be as well. One other thing that's that's really bothered me. The Eagles are three and three. They're not one and five, oh and six. They're tied for first place. But remember the expectations for this year. This isn't a well, we'll see how it plays. No, this is Super Bowl expectations. This is we spent more money again this offseason to go back. Which is what why Howie not going over the top to acquire a play like that bothers me. I don't care about I'm worried about this year. Every head coach, by the way, every head coach in the NFL scripts their first sometimes two drive, offensive drives leading into each game. It's just what, it's, of course, it's what you should be doing. How poorly has that worked out for Doug Peterson this season? 
This this is one of the many reasons that they find themselves trailing by double digits in the early goings almost every game. They have yet to score points in the first quarter on the road this year. How crazy is that? And regularly falling into a double-digit hole as a result of poor play calls combined with that hideous, hideous secondary. And lost in all that? Uh, where is... Where's the front four pressure coming from? Where's that interior pressure come? I'm pretty sure there's one guy there making insane money that has no problem making excuses. But it's not what you're getting paid all that money for anymore. If you were underpaid, yeah, you can get away with that stuff. You are you have an expectation to meet each and every week. This is this this truly, truly bothers me. And I come on here with you this morning, and we're going to have positive talk. We have a whole lot we're going to get into. I'm with you till 5 o'clock until the Eagles count down to kickoff. Glenn McDowell will be back. We are going to get into the Phillies' managerial search. i got some things to talk about there. Kevin Cooney is going to join us at the top of the 2 o'clock hour. Dave Zangaro from Dallas is going to join us at 3 o'clock. We're going to have a little Sixers preview at some point. Can't wait for Wednesday night to come. We have a whole lot we're going to get into. But I start with this simple question. This week has had so little vibe to it, so little excitement. When I can't think of a a single time in the past, unless it was week 16 or 17 and one team's completely out of it, where Eagles-Cowboys didn't have tremendous hype, tremendous buildup, where it feels like a playoff game. I can tell you countless memories thinking back about that. And I think the reason is, there is a large portion of Eagles fans who are not excited because the teams play and the game being in Dallas, they feel like, you know, I, I honestly feel like they're going to lose this game. It's all right to admit it. it you're, not, you're not rooting for the Cowboys by saying that. You're just admitting it. You're saying, I don't think they're going to win this game because of how they played, and I can't see anything changing. 888-729-9494, pound 9494, and your AT&T and Verizon wireless cell phone. And, ooh, by the way, a little... Side thing I want to throw at you as well for everybody calling in. You know, after the baseball season, uh, the regular season, that was the mess that was the 2019 Phillies. I know a lot of fans in this town, they wanted no part of the postseason and watching it, and I don't blame them one bit. But for those who did stick around to watch some of the games, um, you saw and witnessed how far and away better all these teams were then the 2019 Phillies. And you also saw some amazing individual talent. And last night, the bottom of the ninth in Houston, that's it. it was an amazing play. It was a great call by Joe Buck, by the way. Jose Altuve hitting a two-run walk-off home run, sending the Astros to the World Series. I, I, guys like Altuve are, are such they're, they're great stories. You know, hearing about them, where they came from, and seeing the success they've had. They're such fun guys to root for, and, and more importantly, fun to watch. Do you know about Altuve? He's 16 years old, right? He attended a Houston Astros tryout camp in Venezuela, where he's from. When he went there, the team scouts declined to allow him to participate in it because he was so small. And they didn't believe he was 16 years old. They thought he was 10, 11 years old because he was so small. They refused to let him participate. So he went home all upset. His father pulled him aside. Listen, here's your birth certificate. I want you to take it there tomorrow. Go there tomorrow. He had to talk him into going to it because he didn't want to go. 
He felt totally embarrassed. His father talked him into showing up the next day with his birth certificate. He shows up. They let him participate. And they said, huh, you might have some talent. You know, you're for your size. You're, you're pretty good. They ultimately, in 2000, fast forward in time, 2007, they give him a $15,000 contract. Let's see if you can make anything out of this. Lo and behold, all these years later, it's amazing, isn't it? Uh, so in addition to your sports conversation, I would love to know who is your favorite non-Philadelphia athlete to watch. Mine is, without question, Jose Altuve. 888 uh, what is his numbers here? 888-729-9494, pound 9494 on your AT&T and Verizon wireless cell phone. You guys on hold, don't go anywhere. We'll take your calls on the other side. Anthony Foley engineering today. He's doing it. He's engineering the, the Eagles tonight as well. He's not going anywhere. Paul, Mark, don't go anywhere. Then you guys are up next. Our time, 121. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.